Good afternoon. This is Andrew once again introducing Birkin Sports podcast, where Riza and I are going to talk about problems of the lockdown and some practical solutions that we can follow in order to make li our lives easier. Um, just to give some background, in Germany at least, uh, lockdown has started uh, in November, so we're two weeks into it, and that means some rules, um, for instance, that we are not allowed to meet uh, in groups of larger than 10, and no more than two households. Uh, that means lots of businesses have closed down, including bars, cafes, and anywhere basically where lots of people would usually meet and socialize. And of course, that also means that lots of people are going from a life of going to work uh, to a life of working at home. And that's a huge environmental change for all of us. And Riza and I are going to talk about that within our normal rubric of connecting, connecting the mind and the body and looking at some negative aspects of the lockdown in order to find positive solutions. And so, Riza, I give it up to you for now. Yes, yes. hello, hello. And uh, as Andrew already introduced, that we will talk about in a way that we structure our conversation around negative sides of the lockdown and how we can mitigate the negative sides of the lockdown. So in that case, that will be more, uh, I would say that more tangible uh, discussion, conversation, that at the end of this conversation, we can know that, okay, for example, we experience this negative side. For example, we are less active or we don't have routine or we have, we may have more, we perhaps lockdown amplified the um sedentary lifestyle but uh and that that is the that is the way that how we approach we try to identify the negative sides and we try to provide a practical solutions yes so we can first start about the space i think yes which is which is a very interesting uh which is a very first foremost we are locked into our a small uh, apartment or room someone I, I i not all of like all people have the uh, mentions with hundreds thousands of square meters i don't know so that's a say that's not the case but mostly we have two three four maximum uh, rooms and room apartment yes and also mostly we, sometimes we share this apartment with our friends and family so that is a space we are locked into our space as well yes and in that we can define a negative we can define negative aspects of this situation but also we can come up with practical examples how we can again reduce the negative aspects of the locking into one very uh, small space would you like to elaborate on the negative sides and then i will give a practical example yes mm -hmm. excellent yes so um as mentioned, you know, as we've been developing throughout this podcast, uh, we focus on body and mind, and uh, that has a lot to do um, with our environments, actually. That's very much uh, 
the thing that most affects our bodies and our minds. We don't want to focus too much uh, on just looking at ourselves, but also looking around us at the things um, that affect us. And so talking about the negative aspects of this lockdown and this change in our environments. So to generalize, I think I'm going to go with for lots of people, it means they're not going, they're no longer getting this exercise as they go to work um, and then come home, you know, insofar as they, they do get at least get up, uh, go outside the house and uh, have to move. Uh, this is not personally a change for me. I actually wake up go across the room to my to my computer mm -hmm. <laughs> and and then you know at the end of the day after like 12 hours or so i go back to basically not to bed but to the couch which is right next to my bed um and this is this idea then uh, of the space changing uh, uh is very much tied with also then our change in habits and our change in routine which uh, I think for a lot of people is, is quite difficult. And I, I'm going to, again, talk about from a personal experience. You know, for me, I live alone. Uh, I also work from home. I've worked from home almost my entire life. Um, and uh, my experience of the first lockdown in, back in March was actually quite different from everyone else. You know, I was, I was like, oh, everyone else is now having my lifestyle. And I began to really sympathize and empathize with all the stories I was reading in Facebook and, and um, Twitter, you know, of all these people encountering uh, their problems of being at home. And so what are those problems? What are these negative things, right? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, first and foremost, let's talk about uh, the fact of being in an enclosed space, mm -hmm. uh, this sedentary lifestyle um for a longer long period of time um as mentioned we are very affected by our environments we're very psychologically affected by our environments um and in in a household if we're staying inside the household what we're specifically not getting is fresh air for instance we're not um getting contact with other people and with people that we usually uh, would have contact with throughout the day and conversely if you're living with someone then you are also having way too much contact with other people um, or with specific people um, or if you're living alone uh, and I just looked up the statistic 17.3 uh, million people live alone in Germany so that's uh, with 83 million people in Germany right so that's a significant number of people almost uh, a quarter of people live alone in germany and that means for a lot of people a lot of loneliness right because again my experience if i was lonely i would go see someone but now i'm not able to do that uh, a lot of the time um so those are those are the negative things tied to this this new change in environment uh, and specifically what I think we can talk about now is and I, this is how I'm going to pass it over to Riza talk talk about how 
our environments at home were made in order for us not to stay at home, right? And what we need to then do is be able to change our environments at home in order to accommodate mm -hmm. the fact that we have this change in space. Um, the first, uh, the the first approach or the first solution would we would uh, the third solution we think always about is about a home office. Yes, mm -hmm. we kind of I don't know how to use the verb of to make office like to office. I have home officing. It's become a thing. Yeah. The we home officing our home. Mm -hmm. This is the first major problem, and uh, why? Because. A home is not actually your office. Yes, home officing is all is also can uh, create problems for your privacy. Yes, when you Skype or Zoom with other people, there are options to blur your background or some to certain degree. But you actually you are sharing your intimacy with people. Yes, if you're if you are kids or your family, so if you don't have a dedicated place in your home to your home officing, so. Actually, this is also a bit difficult to organize, yes, and it's also can be a problematic for people who has a small space, yes. So that is a question of uh, what, how this home officing also um, actually amplifies the problems of the lockdown, or is actually or is it better for people? But we know that this is a new normal, and in the future, because of this digitalization and because of all these platforms, emerging platforms, that home officing is going to be a normal, yes, and is an act is actually going to be a right, human right, to work from home if it's if the job allows. But then, if you do home home officing, how you can uh, find this? Um, um, how this balance between your work and life yes and the one very important suggestion is to create a dedicated space for your home officing and this dedicated space has its own rules it's like you are working in the, at the uh, office uh, or in the bureau and that's is where you enter this space and you have to follow the rules of this space it can be a very small tiny place where you can work uh, on the in the corner of the room or somewhere else but this is a dedicated space and you will not take the work from this space to outside the space so it's a kind of a, a micro environment within your home so this micro environment has its own rules and so and, and this is the, how this dedicated space concept is very important if you do home officing if you don't do this and then your home officing is just will occupy the entire apartment and the, you will work in kitchen you will work in the bedroom and you will do this and in, in, in at the end of the day you will lose this um uh the privacy in your life to a certain degree it may happen and another um, should we talk about the routine right now or the habits actually, or maybe yeah of that? course I, yeah I want, I want to back you up now yes so to back actually Riza up a little bit and go back to um, you know talking about psychological the mind body of environment um, here's an experience uh, most people have probably had you want to go get something you go into another room and you forget what you're doing or you forget what you're looking for, or you just forget why are you even up, right? Um, and this is about space, and this is about environment. Our memory, our uh, psychology is very much based 
on space, on what's around us. And that's why then it's also very important uh, to have this dedicated space for a home office, even if it's just a small one, even if it's just a corner of the room, uh, where it's, not, it's dedicated with these rules, uh, because then once you enter that space, you are more, uh, you're, you are psychologically, I'm not gonna say triggered, that's not the right word, you're psychologically um, activated uh, to work in that space. Uh, I, I, just another fun example, you know, with uh, Riza was talking about digitalization. So a dedicated space also works for your computer too. Uh, those of you uh, who can um, have your own personal computer, it's uh, it might also be important um, to if you don't have a work a separate work computer, it might also be important to maybe set up a different account for your computer uh, in order to stop all, for instance, the distractions of your own personal use of the computer. And the funny thing I wanted to mention was like this this threshold thing, this entering another room. Uh, works just as much for when you're wanting to look something up on your phone. Uh, I don't know if you experienced that, Rizzo. Yeah. yeah, you you want to look up something on your phone. You open your phone and there's a message, and it's like five minutes later, it's like, why am I on the phone again? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'm just trying to back Rizzo up. Yes, and so we can stay first in this environment and space concept and then we can go to the routine and habits mm -hmm. which is more behavioral aspects of the lockdown uh, and the second concept we talk about dedicated mm -hmm. jobs this is more related to linked to the uh, home officing uh, but then another question which you brought up is a, a sedentary lifestyle mm -hmm. or the less of activities or reduced activities and how we can uh, reduce the uh, negative effects of the lockdown and then uh, we have a concept in vacant sports and this is a we call this strong home concept yes and the strong home concept is about uh, making your home environment not smart but strong yes this strong mean the strong concept means that you have a furniture uh, you have for example wall bars which uh, functions as a furniture but also if necessary you can use this as a pull-ups uh, for the pull-ups or you can tie your elastic band and you do the exercises we do with Andrew <laughs> and uh, because we we actually test these products at home before we start to sell them so this is also, we have the concept of strong home, which makes your home environment is also gym, but it doesn't change the, again, the um, atmosphere in the home. So you still feel yourself in home. So it's not like a huge junky equipment that will, uh, not, it's, it's not like a gym, but the furniture is functional. Every single element of the furniture, furniture can be used uh, for different activities yes if you have a very stable chair and or a very stable table yes and then you can use this table for a certain kind of exercises this is a concept that is or oh, needs uh, another uh, dedicated topic dedicated podcast on that but the idea of a strong home concept is also that you create this you, you redefine your environment uh, based on your ability to do or to stay also active if it inhibits your activities reduces your activities your environment then it's not a strong home concept so your every single stuff which is which in your home can be 
uh, instrumentally used to make your physical active. So that's a major idea of the strong home. So they also, I, I'm, so, I'm just here a little bit provocative, uh, saying that don't make yourself comfortable at your home, but make yourself uncomfortable. Yes, the uncomfortable or discomfort, uh, it has some kind of a value as well. So you will be more <laughs> active to dealing with your discomfort. But this is, uh, again, this is more more about how understand your environment yes that is another another topic yeah these are the two things that i will uh, sum up one is a dedicated place to have for your home officing and this micro environment has its own rules and regulations and you don't take your job from outside this dedicated space the second just redefine your environment and uh, create the concept of the strong home where you can um be active yes that is that is the your environment will welcome will be welcoming for you for doing yoga pilates or something else yeah that's very important so that's the two things of the space now i think we can go to the behavioral parts of the lockdown okay yes um, b b okay so i'm going to now introduce uh talking about routine which then uh Riza will again give some positive uh, practical things for us to change i i just want to add you know uh, this idea of strong concept yeah you know, it doesn't mean make your home full of beds and nails and stuff like that it actually is a it is comfortable it's just redefining what comfort means because we are going from again a lifestyle in which we usually go outside uh, to one where staying inside and you need to make your life your inside a little more like outside to clarify i think so on to routines and habits um again tying this to uh our change in environment as in a change of going from home to an office or just in general uh, a change from being able to go meet people um one of the biggest problems is that our routine is then completely out of whack um you know you no longer have to okay get ready for work uh you have uh, in the in the normal sense of you know putting on nice clothes and stuff like that um you no longer uh have to go commute for instance um and because of these changes, you know, it might also affect other things which you might not uh, think are directly tied to this routine. For instance, um, I have I had the habit when I was going to university um, before I had the habit of waking up, making my breakfast and cleaning up uh, while breakfast was being being made and coffee uh, was being made and that was part of the routine of going to work and of course you know i i can clean up just as easily when i'm not uh going to the university to work but because of this change in environment basically because i'm no longer expecting to be leaving the house and hey how do i want this house to be when i come back home uh i fell out of that routine and that had actually a huge problems with uh, both my uh, mental health you know because disorder 
in your environment causes uh, disorder in your in your brain you know to put it very um, simplistically uh, but also just as what Riza was saying too um, that's not an environment that's conducive then to activity um, and so we want to address how we can start developing habits or Riza is going to uh, address how we can start developing some habits uh, for the lockdown uh, and also possibly for the future, or very likely for the future, as we transition into this digitalized society, uh, that can help us then to maintain routines without also then necessarily needing this outside work environment in order to do that. Um, and here we are going to this like behavioral aspect of the lockdown. And the one uh, very, of course, I also had problems, uh, have had problems, and currently we have, everyone has, and this is about the uh, routineless lifestyle, or uh, the lack of self-discipline, maybe, or the habits, and so on. And the one very important um, book that I read, and I also strongly recommend uh, reading, is by James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits, Tiny Changes and Remarkable Results. Yes, the name of the book is already like is very prophetic, should I say? It's very it's it's actually for me was very revealing as well, because what I thought always that big, massive improvements requires big, big, massive actions. But it's not true. Uh, but it's it's not true simply like small habits. A very small habits, tiny habits, is also leads to the massive actions, massive positive effects. That's the first thing. So every moment, the every moment, every habits, tiny habits that we create, establish, and repeat, and it becomes a success or a, it guarantees the um, massive benefits in the future. Yes, and uh, in the book also we have in the book. Uh, if you read the book, the, you will see this mathematical representation of uh, good and bad habits. So the good habits, they also uh, increase rapidly by, for example, twice as much as the bad. Um, you have to see this graph. Yeah, I cannot bad. show this. It's this exponential. Is, it's exponential, it's yes. It's exactly. The word that I have to say is exponential. And I have to. I, I would like to read a, a quote the book. And so, for example, the chapter uh, "Why Small Habits Make a Big Difference" it starts. It's easy. It is so easy to overestimate overestimate the importance of one defining moment and underestimate the value of making small improvements on a daily basis. Too often, we convince ourselves that massive success requires massive action. Whether it's losing weight, building a business, writing a book, winning a championship or achieving any other goal, we put pressure on ourselves to make some earth-shattering improvement that everyone will talk about. <laughs> That's the opening chapter, uh, opening paragraph of the chapter. And yeah, this is another way how to say this or how to bring this is, uh, is discuss the compounding effects of the uh, habits yes uh, co positive compounding efforts of the habits is about for example productivity productivity compounds a small tiny habits as a positive effect 
it creates this productivity. It's like a chain reaction for your productivity. And another is knowledge compounds. The knowledge compound is about uh, is not about being a genius or an inventor, but being committed to your habits, being committed to your, for example, dedicated space. If you say that I will not take my laptop to my bed, for example, being dedicated, uh, being committed to this. So this is a knowledge compound of the habit, knowing that this will result in a positive at the end of the like uh, uh, at the end of the day it will result in positive uh, it is a positive compounding effect another is is relationship compound of the habits it's about uh, your rela- your behaviors will reflect back to you yes the more discipline the more habits you have the more systematic approach you have to your routine the better in a better relationship you will be with yourself yes it is a relationship compound of the positive of the positive effect of the habits but at the other side we have also bad habits there are good habits and there are bad habits for example um having a eating a sandwich at 2 a.m every day <laughs> maybe this is a bad habit <laughs> but once that you establish this habit every single day you will just get up and get this stuff and mm. and it will <laughs> delicious you will enjoy your delicious habit a delicious yeah habit <laughs> why not 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 only sandwich and the negative component when we say negative component is uh there is also a negative component of the habits which we can say uh the stress effect yes uh, the more discipline have in your life, the more routine you have in life, it can be stressful as well. So you have to take it easy, not completely structuring your life. But there are some some habits that will help you to establish some routine, but you should t- take it easy as well. So the stress effect, stress compounding effect is always there. Another is is a negative thoughts compo- component and negative Thoughts component is why we establish the habits. We find a need for habits, and sometimes we try to blame ourselves. Oh, I'm today. I was so unproductive, and tomorrow I will create a new habit to be. So we kind of blame ourselves constantly to create the new habits, but it shouldn't be this approach. The, there is the 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 negative thoughts compound compound. Uh, we shouldn't come from this approach, but rather we have to think in terms of the future outcomes of the habits that we establish yes and the last one last negative compound of the uh, habits is about uh, outrage yes if you don't follow your habits sometimes you uh, protest yourself yes sometimes you become more angry why i've done this so i should i should have done this and so on that is also a important uh, negative effect can be an important can be a negative compounding effect that we should avoid as well that when you talk about the routine less uh, mess and when you have this um when we have these problems with the habits we should start with the tiny habits yes that's the, what the message of the book and this we should think about this accumulation of these tiny habits and that will lead to the uh, desired results yes and do you have any comments on that I wanted to address something yes please um, just just to again support Riza so going uh, going through this positive compound and negative compounding effects 
um, of developing these habits. Um, for instance, when we talk about productivity, you know, I come from a leftist tradition, I'm going to say mildly. Uh, often productivity is in this light of being a productive worker, um, being productive in the sense of making money, for instance. Uh, but this is this is more of productivity in the sense of really accomplishing what you actually want to do, uh, accomplishing what the goals that you set out for yourself. And uh, that means, uh, you know, and that means tying this then to the small habits, you know, if you're starting to accomplish small things for yourself, you're also making your life more productive in the sense that you're also getting closer and closer to your goals um, then tying this then to the to the knowledge um, talking about or with, with the knowledge compounds you know that, that's about uh, as Riza said for instance knowing your space your dedicated space uh, that also is about not just knowledge in the sense of you know we've both gone to university uh, we've both encountered uh, this ideology of, you know, we, we have to be rational over emotional. It's, it's knowledge of yourself, all right? And that's also knowledge of your own emotions. And it's also knowledge of how you are actually interacting within this environment. And then also the relationships compounds, uh, you know, we these th habits, they will reflect in us. If we develop a routine, they will reflect in us. And also, of course, other people will reflect uh, back at us. I, I think that's actually rather, rather intuitive. If you have your own uh, structure that reflects in other people as well, uh, what you do. I, I've been told, for instance, people have been impressed that I wake up so early and they think that I'm somehow disciplined in this regard. And no, I'm not disciplined in this regard. Uh, actually, that's just a, a habit of having come from the country. Um, to go to the negative compounding, uh, again, I'm just backing this up a little bit. Uh, so stress compounds. Um, stress is something, is a word that we often forget. Uh, there are two kinds of stress. There's eustress, there's distress. Distress is the, is the bad one, right? And specifically, um, the thing about stress and human beings is that um, we evolved the psychological capability to stress ourselves, but we didn't evolve the psychological capability to deal with the stress easily. And what I mean by that is um, stress in human beings and animals it evolved from uh, interacting in our environments in short-term stressful situations. For instance, as going back to Sapolsky, who is going to be a regular pe person we cite um, in this podcast. He always talks about uh, the savannah, being on the savannah and suddenly being attacked by a lion. Uh, both you and the lion are actually having raised stress. And whatever the outcome of that, it's going to be a very short interaction. It's not going to last more than a few minutes tops, maybe even just a few seconds. And that's how we evolved. We evolved for that kind of stress. What we didn't evolve for 
is the kind of stress, for instance, of being locked up with other people <laughs> in, a, in a closed space in which we're getting in, in each other's hair, where we're um, butting heads, basically, where we're more or less just triggering, triggering each other's stress back and forth. And that is the problem of this compounding, right? Uh, we have this kind of uh, stress mechanisms that are very useful in our evolution for the kind of stress of not getting eaten, for instance, but not very useful for the kind of stress of, um, I don't know, dealing with uh, family members or dealing with work. Um, now to the negative thoughts, and I think I think we should understand also that these all go hand in hand. They're not they're not um, clearly separated. Like obviously, stress is tied to having negative thoughts, mm -hmm. right? So the example that they give here, um, the book gives, is the more you think of yourself as worthless, stupid, or ugly, the more you condition your yourself to interpret life that way. Uh, well, I mean, you know, what are what are you doing when you do those things but stressing yourself out basically you're um you're making yourself blameworthy mm -hmm. for things and this going back to talking about knowledge uh for things that are not entirely rational uh and that we shouldn't then place the burden on ourselves for these things too because uh going back to this evolutionary thing we evolved rationality as humans in the last, what is it, 200,000 years or something like that, tops, uh, with language maybe capacity last 40,000 years. And we're trying to blame that, or we're placing the whole burden of making our lives better on this tiny little aspect of ourselves. And if you also think about it, uh, the rationality part of our brains is the prefrontal cortex. That's the front of your brain, basically, um, which is just one small part of the brain. It's not too small, but it's one small part of the brain. And if you think about it, it's not controlling just or the, the way society is perceiving it through this lens of rationality is about not just controlling, for instance, our emotions, but also our entire bodies, and also our environment around us. Um, and I think to go back to what Rizzo was saying, you know, don't stress yourself out so much by making such big steps. Make really small steps. Take it easy. Uh, you're not going to accomplish everything at once. And this is also then a way to not get angry at yourself, not to have this outrage compound. Uh, so back to you, Rizzo. Yes. And just to give a um, summary for this positive and negative compounding uh, effects, if you want to predict where you will end up in life, all you have to do is follow the curve of tiny gains or a tiny losses and see how your your daily choices will compound 10 or 20 year, years down the line. This is a major suggestion of the book that we talked about, Atomic Habits. Yes, And this compounding effect is the way how I also describe 
uh, is a snowball effect of small, tiny, positive or negative habits that will have at the 10 or 20 years on your life. Yes, this is a compounding effect, what we're talking about. And so then this is more behavior, understanding of the behavioral aspect. And then another one, the practical uh, question, how we can actually set these um, habits. The one way uh, which I found very um, influential as well in uh, also very practical is the bullet journal method. Yes, we have already bullet journal, bullet journal, yes, bullet journal method. And this bullet journal method is the way it's um, it's encourages you to create the new habits and also try to monitor these habits when you do you do realize them in a timely manner and how it's consistent uh, across a given time period. And um, also there is the bullet journal method. There is a book on this, how we can use this, how we can apply this method. The book is called The Bullet Journal Method. Track your tasks, order your present plan, uh, order your present plan and future. Yeah. I have to see. Yeah. And this book is um, has three components is a system that they call the system has three components is about uh, listing the tasks, uh, registering your daily journal and creating your planner. So this is the three parts. This is from, from, from my side. It is a practical suggestion how you can create the habits. Yes, tiny habits, positive habits. And uh, this is the method that I use, for example, last two years, I think, when I first uh, uh, read this book, I, it was very convincing for me. And I started doing this. And there are also examples from other people that they use and applied the bullet journal uh, method to uh, set the habits and also you have your own example yes in terms um, of the could, would you like to mention this well yeah. uh, um, so Riza is mentioning the bullet journal system bullet. I mean I, I've just developed my own system and I have this open source um, software called tree sheets yeah. uh, which is a program that basically has nested tables so you can just make tables within tables within tables within tables uh, I know that sounds confusing uh, what it means is basically you can just take notes very quickly order them very quickly and uh, then find them again very quickly um, and that's for me for instance useful uh, since we're talking about home officing uh, I think generally speaking, we're home officing on the computer and not writing things out by hand, although that's uh, in itself a very, um, very useful practice to develop. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to writing things out by hand. Um, it's a free program in order to take notes, which uh, just to go through my own routine um, with it, um, I have a calendar that I made with it. Uh, in which then I can just log my thoughts or things that I need to do uh, or things that I have done. Um, I have a section where then I take all of the things that I'm reading. For instance, I'm trying to learn a little more about computers and about uh, specifically Linux um, development. Um, and so I'm able to quickly set that next to my website and copy and paste everything that uh, I want, uh, I need into it, and it's already then nicely formatted. 
and so on and so forth. So it doesn't really matter what program you use. The idea actually that we're trying to advocate is getting into the habit of creating practices. Uh, I just wanted I, I just wanted to extol the virtues of, of uh, tree sheets and Rizzo wanted uh, also found his book very useful. Yes, exactly. That is, there are m multiple methods to apply the habits, to create the habits and to monitor them. And in a bullet journal um, method, you have the indices, you create your own content, uh, you have a future log, the log that is is outside your monthly and daily activities. You have monthly log, you have daily logs, you have uh, also you have a different short term period notations that you can use, uh, for example, upcoming event task or a com task completed, task migrated to the next week. And you have and then you can create the uh, modular archive of your logs and monitor them in the future where you have achieve these logs or not and you can also uh, filter out some uh, activities that you haven't done or uh, it's already meaningless for you to keep this not and this is a way the very interesting way approach I think the, de the designer was James Clare I think his name was James Clare no atomic James Clare was, that was the, atomic habits. yes atomic habits for for this um, let me check the name a writer carol yes the bullet journal method track the past order the present design the future i found it very interesting like i would re recommend just um read, uh, just make uh, acknowledging this method and um yes and just to give a summary what we have discussed this uh, what we have discussed today in this uh, episode we discussed a I think a different approach towards the lockdown. If you go and if you Google uh, and the results will be go for a walk, do that, do this. But we try to first we try to redefine the environment, this physical space uh, in terms of creating a dedicated corner for your home office thing, just to limiting your home office thing to a certain part or a space uh, in, in your home. And second, trying to understand trying to redefine the smart home with a strong home concept and try to redefine your comfort and stay active and it, yes and this is a way how we see this how we can um, use our space in a very different way with these two concepts then we discuss about the behavioral aspects of that of the lockdown and the habits and self-discipline routine that we come up with the two book suggestions and all this suggestions also from my side at least um, sourced in this books atomic habits and the bullet journal method yes and yeah this will be summary from my side and Andrew's summary my summary uh, as as with last week is stay safe people um, wear a mask uh, I know that following the lockdown guidelines is a bit inconvenient for our social lives uh, I, I had in my notes actually to discuss in this podcast uh, one of them was FOMO fear of missing out um, I'm just gonna say everyone is missing out right now so you don't have to have this fear but I know that lots of people are nonetheless um, 
for instance, a good friend of mine, Marco, wanted to come, uh, is back in Hamburg from Sweden, and we wanted to have a nice, what's called a Kohl and Pinkelefahrt. That's when you take a, a wagon, um, put a few drinks in it, walk around, uh, play some games, and then at the end of the day, you eat Grünkohl, which is kale for English speakers. Uh, really delicious kale. Um, and of course, we, we have to not have these plans because going around with a lot of people uh, is dangerous for those people and also for anyone who is encountering us. It's really important that just because we feel like we need to really socialize, that we nonetheless don't do that because these viruses evolve precisely because of our needs to socialize. And that's how they that's how they work. And the only way to get rid of them, aside from a vaccine, which hopefully is forthcoming, is to follow these guidelines, wear a mask, wash your hands, and social distance. Actually, I want to start saying physical distance. I, I don't think social distance is the right thing. It's you're really wanting to physical distance. Maybe if you can, at least try to be more social online through video chat and stuff like that. Um, so that's, yes, I, that's my summary. Yeah. Uh, people stay safe. Um, and how do I say it? Just uh, moin? No. Yeah, moin. Moin. Yeah, moin. Exactly. moin. And uh, and I would question how delicious is kale. I don't think that. <laughs> no. no <this> <laughs> okay. Okay, thank you very much for listening and uh, talk to you or uh, next time. <laughs> ciao, ciao.